Hey everyone, welcome to the Esports Next podcast. I am thrilled to be joining as the host for season three along with my co-hosts. We are going to be interviewing speakers, sponsors, and attendees of the Esports Trade Association Conference in Chicago. So if you're looking to understand who will be at the conference and what they're all about, tune in, come join us. All right. Wonderful. Well, welcome to another episode of the Esports Next podcast. It is my pleasure to welcome Danielle Rourke. Uh, she is the Chief Technology and Innovation Strategist at Dell. She's speaking at our conference. Um, Dell supports the esports industry in wonderful ways. And so we are just thrilled, Danielle, no, number one, to have you on the show today, but also to have you at the conference for people to come meet and learn from you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be at the conference. It will actually be my first uh, esports trade association conference. So I am thrilled. Fantastic. Well, I hear they get better every year. So awesome. it's a on the street. So I think you're showing up at the right MVP. Would you, uh, would you agree or, or add context? I would agree. And you're going to love our Jersey this year. So fabulous. we have a really cool custom Jersey and um, I think you'll really like it. Another thing that makes me super excited. Yeah, it's nice to take home. Um, um, you'll be getting a note about your jersey soon and your gamer tag. Nice. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, we instituted that last year. So for those who attended the conference last year, uh, we're doing again bigger and better uh, with our jerseys. And so it's a really fun custom piece of merchandise that we um, love to provide to our attendees. Um, without further ado, Danielle, why don't you start off start us off with helping us understand what are the, some of the things that Dell is doing in the esports industry that is supporting the industry and supporting the community? Yeah, well, obviously we have you know the best best brand of computers. It's the Alienware, um, at least in our humble opinion. Um, but we, we're very honored to have so many pro teams, so many competitions and organizations utilize Alienware for their esports gaming needs um, and, and any other needs that they have related to gaming. Or um, we have you know schools that use it for uh, artificial intelligence training or for the GPU usage or um, art and film schools. So uh, we, we definitely are very, very proud to have the Alienware brand under that Dell Technologies umbrella. Um, so that's kind of the first thing that you would think of when you think about how Dell supports esports would obviously be with the hardware. But we also do a lot of really great programs and initiatives, especially around scholastic esports. Um, so the first one that I would talk about is, is really geared towards helping young girls in fourth through eighth grades. Um, it's called Girls Who Game. And it's an initiative started up in Canada, uh, but has swept the U.S. So now we're doing it in multiple countries around the world where uh, school districts will have a, a champion, a teacher, a staff member, and they will help organize a group of 
young female identifying students who are interested in gaming or interested in technology. And they have an entire program that's essentially semester long. And each cohort will not only get the benefits of all three pillars, which are com girl-centric community, um, real world implementation and, and uh, just applicability, and then also mentorship. So, um, so in, in each cohort, each semester, these fourth through eighth grade girls will get that community of friends and peers that are interested in the same thing and that like gaming and like technology and see that it's fun and it's cool. Um, and then they'll also get real world examples of how technology and how what they're learning could be put into play. Um, so each semester they have to come up with a project that they build out within Minecraft for Education and that goes um, in line with the UN sustainability goals. So they'll choose things like fresh water or you know ending hunger or things like that. And they will build that into their world collaboratively as a group. And then at the end of the semester, they have to present that. They record their own videos, they make a talk track over it. And the whole while they're getting mentorship um, from female and male identifying um, people within the tech industry. So at Dell, at Microsoft, at Intel, who are co-sponsors of the program. So it's it's fantastic. We love it. Um, at the end of each semester, the girls who have been in the program for more than one year, so maybe they've come back for their second cohort or their third cohort, um, they are able to participate in an esports challenge at the end where they use the design and build challenges within Minecraft for Education. Um, and it's just this amazing day. We actually just had um, one this past weekend. And it's so incredible to see the girls get so invested, but also have that teamwork. And it's just wonderful, even to start at that young age. So that's wow. one of the programs. <laughs> I, I think a shorter answer could be, tell me what Dell is not doing in the esports space. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know that. That's all you're doing. That's fantastic. It might, it might be shorter. Um, you know, so we have other things. We actually have uh, a Discord server that we keep up and it's specifically for educators in esports and it's um, K through 20. So K through 12, as well as high ed, we have researchers out there. We have some students out there. Um, you know, we have people from industry and it's meant to just be this really organic community where um, anyone who is involved in esports and education can come in and ask questions and share humble brags about their team or, um, you know, get recommendations for job postings for a coach or um, share opportunities they may have come across. We also have a couple different networking groups. We've got a K-12 esports networking group that really allows principals and teachers and administrators from school districts to come together and share their ideas and what they've done to put their programs together, um, what has worked well, what hasn't, what are the challenges that have come from IT around, you know, port switching or not being able to use Discord because of age requirements and, you know, mm -hmm. all of those different challenges. So it's really helpful to have those networks that can get together once a month and, and just kind of talk through a lot of those issues. We also have guest speakers in that program, as well as we run an esports research collaborative call every month. And that's a little bit more geared towards higher education, but it allows actual academic researchers that are doing the rigorous research studies with methodologies and standards behind them, but bring their expertise and bring that knowledge 
to the world of gaming and esports and help us create a more sustainable industry for you know these oftentimes young people that are competing in the space and make sure that it is something that's sustainable for them. Make sure that it's something that they're not going to need to worry about repetitive stress injuries or um, just mental or emotional stress. So it's so vitally important to have that research. So we want to help facilitate that in any way we can. Um, and then finally, we, we do some really cool programs with different schools around our equipment, but bringing them to the schools. So there was a um, we worked in tandem with UT Austin last year to open up an EDU gaming lounge on campus, right in the, the student union. Um, so any student on campus could come in and play, but it could also provide a really high-end space um, with very uh, premium computing devices for the esports team from UT Austin to practice and scrimmage and compete on. Um, and we've also done a mobile gaming lounge that kind of looks like one of those pods. Like if you've seen those pod yeah. trailers that people move their stuff in. So it looks like a larger version of that, but it expands out and opens up. So we can transport it on a trailer, like a, with a truck with a trailer and bring it to a school and put it out in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And it actually has, you know, its own generator, its own internet. And so we can just put that in a space that's convenient for the schools. We've really been focusing on K-12 schools and open it up and have, uh, you know, battle stations and uh, laptops and allow the students to come in and really experience what a high-end setup could look like and then tie it back into their educational outcomes. I have an idea. We have room for a trailer. <laughs> that is amazing like right now it definitely is staying in central texas um okay or just for logistical purposes and reasons um we just launched it in march actually wow. so so they have it booked out um all over texas uh until the end of the summer i believe but we're hoping to expand it and possibly you know do more in line with that idea Last time I made the request, we had robots walking around serving our drinks. Remember that, John? I do. I do think a truck inside the big ballroom that be fun? at the Radisson Blue, I think that is a, a we're, perfect we're, solution. We're yeah. actually right next to a loading dock. We literally could bring it. Yeah. Oh, that's actually, awesome. I, I tell you what, I will talk. I will. Why don't you? Out. Because <laughs> that, you know, is where our future is. And there, I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts. We're all going to have, you know, well, I, I shouldn't speak, but definitely mobile is our future. And then there's just, it's just so easy and convenient. But um, I, I, I remember learning 20 years ago, we're all going to be on our phones. And I was like, I won't be. And here I am. I'm definitely, uh -huh. I, I'm, it's, I have to like put my phone down to be present. Yes. I, I, I have to like, and it, you know. So, but you know, the um I, I'm the fan of also the alien hardware myself and uh have so thank you. Yes, yes. And Dell was my first computer, my first very own computer was Excellent. Dell. I know. Wow. Brand the ambassador there. Sounds like you get influencer marketing opportunity here with MVP. Oh yeah. Well, what can I yeah. say here? We'll see what um, we can do. So, and I'm just wondering, is that all y'all do, Danielle? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a big chunk of it. I, I did leave out some curriculum. So we actually do have a curriculum that we worked on with one of our partners that we can give and we do frequently give to our K-12 school districts. 
um, that are customers of ours, just a starting point. It doesn't have to be your entire curriculum. You don't have to stick to it 100%, but it, it brings in things like how do you evaluate the hardware that you need? How do you think about costs for an esports program? Um, how do you make sure you're staying healthy? How do you make sure that you're bringing in other real world examples and tying it to other career pathways besides just being pro? So, um, so we do have that. We also have a curriculum that we helped um, University of New Haven in Connecticut um, establish for a graduate program uh, around diversity, equity, and inclusion in esports. So um, we're always coming up with new things. We're always being approached with new ideas. And we, as an education strategy team, say, sure, let's try it. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. I love that. You know, um, what, one thing I'm excited about for our conference is you are going to be speaking on our Scholastic panel. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, obviously, Scholastic is all-encompassing nowadays. Um, you know, you have all the different ways to learn um, that are incorporated with gaming. You know, you have careers that the act of gaming can set you up to take flight in um, after school. Obviously, there's the act of competing, um, mm -hmm. uh, varsity teams and such. If there's one or two aspects of scholastic esports that you are most passionate about, what are those things? I would say the first one would probably be the fact that it can bring so many students together and give them a feeling of belonging and a feeling of, oh, I've found my tribe finally. You know, there are so many kids out there who didn't do drama or didn't do band or weren't athletes in the traditional sense, um, you know, with physical based sports. And um, so many students are just kind of there and, and they haven't really found that sense of belonging. But esports is an incredible tool because you don't have to be the tallest. You don't have to be the biggest or strongest. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, female and male identifying can play together. And, and there's, there's really a much more even playing field when you talk about esports and getting into it. So I think that's one of the things that I'm most passionate about. I've heard so many stories about students who just didn't feel like they belonged anywhere in their educational experience. Yeah. And once they found the esports team or the gaming club, they, they really felt like they found people who were interested in the same things they were and wanted to do the same things as hobbies. So um, to me, just anything that educational institutions can do to foster that sense of belonging and that sense of um, you know, just being tied to a community, I think is yeah. an incredible thing. Well, I think it's pretty powerful that I remember seeing a stat years ago. It was something like before high school esports had really taken off, you know, it was really kind of getting started. Um, there was a stat that 87% of high school esports players had not participated in traditional sports. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the camaraderie, the friendships, the, the, the life skills that you learn just from being part of any team-based sport, whether that's digital or physical, um, these are skills and experiences and support that these kids are not receiving at all. And so just the act of including kids who aren't included otherwise could save a life, you mm -hmm. know, um, it can have that real, real impact. Um, I know that you've had a little bit of a, uh, curvy career path, you could say, and that one thing that has really been the consistent pillar there has been your, your passion for gaming and experiences. Why don't you share a little bit about how you found your 
your way in, into this space? Yeah, it is, it is very a very winding path, um, but it's something that I actually do use to talk with students about a lot because so many students, whether they're in high school or college, they don't necessarily know what they want to do when they grow up. And I tell them that that is okay and that it doesn't have to be this one straight path because so many of us, you know, we, we went to school for something that we maybe aren't doing in our job or something happened in society or in technology that created these new opportunities that weren't even there when we were in school trying to decide what we wanted to be. Um, so, so I do, I do talk with students about that a lot. Um, you know, growing up, I, I always, I loved video games. My dream job was to be a cinematics artist for Blizzard. Um, I really wanted to be able to create those. I, you know, OG Diablo fangirl here. Um, but I, life kind of took me down a different path. I ended up having my son very early, ended up getting my GED and then going to community college and, um, you know, taking some other pathways just because of choices I had made in life or, or you know, scenarios that I had found myself in. And so I kind of uh, you know, once I started getting back, you know, into college and into my working career, I, I kind of said, okay, gaming might just be a hobby for me. I may not be able to work in it because uh, during high school, I was actually pre-enrolled at um, an art institute for game design. And so mm -hmm. that was, that was the, the path I was going to go down. Life changes and life happens and you adapt. And so then I started going down, okay, well, maybe I'll be a computer programmer or maybe I'll be a quality manager for business or things like that. So, you know, ended up getting degrees in computer technology as well as business quality operations and management and um, a master's in IT, but then, you know, worked all kinds of different jobs. I was, uh, John, you and I were talking earlier, I was at a call center for T-Mobile for a while, quite a while and being, you know, a technical rep and a retention rep. And then um, I got a job at Verizon Business as a test project manager. And so was, you know, for anything in the communications industry, especially like landlines and things that businesses need to utilize, I was helping to run the tests on those systems and the new features and, um, you know, gathering requirements, things like that. And then I moved on to an accounting firm where I was a systems analyst and helped design some of the XML code that ran work papers for these accountants and then ended up going to an agriculture company and was a business analyst for a few years and then moved into a development manager role, uh, managing you know, teams of people all over the world that were developing code for these systems that kept the agriculture plants running. Um, you know, and, and then uh, I went to being at the University of Colorado in Boulder and I was an IT director there for student information systems, learning management systems, online education programs. Uh, and then I got the opportunity to be here at Dell as an education strategist, which nowhere in the job description did it say, must love games or must be a giant geek and be able to talk right. about video games. Um, but what happened, and this is also something that I tell students, is that, you know, keep your passions, keep your interests, and, but utilize them in a tactful, appropriate, respectful, you know, professional way. So mm -hmm. my example of that is I, I went in, you know, to Dell headquarters to interview for this education strategist job, you know, was really focusing on all of the work I had done in education and higher ed. 
And we went on a tour of the building and there's an experience lounge down there in Round Rock. And one corner was devoted to gaming. And so they had Alienware setups with the RGB lighting and the gaming chairs and the 34 inch monitors. And, you know, it was just amazing. It was this incredible setup. And so uh, I asked, you know, one of my teammates now, I said, oh, can you take a picture of me in this setup? Because I want to make my son at home jealous. And so she did. And, you know, the hiring manager, who's, who's our senior director of education strategy, and my boss now, he was like, okay, so do you like video games? Is that an interest area for you? And that was the time that I tell students, like, that's your opportunity. Like, let yeah. your geek flag fly appropriately and respectfully and tactfully, but yeah. share your interests. And so I did and, and shared that I'd been a gamer geek since I was 11 years old or younger even, and yeah. um, was really passionate about it. And so he goes, all right, I may have a side job for you, like an additional kind of area I want you to focus on. And that's yeah. how I got involved in esports and education and have loved it ever since. So it's, it's so important for students and young people of all ages to know that you don't have to stick to one pathway. You can bounce around different industries and you know you may still be able to come back to your passions. Yeah, I, I think what's interesting is you, in that interview scenario you just talked about, you didn't lead with, I'm a huge gamer and I love to play games yeah. because that's not nearly as relevant to, can you do this job, right? <laughs> you led with your professional business experience and the capabilities, the skills that you've developed over time in your career. And then at the right time, you're able to add, yeah. which probably increased your value in their eyes. Hey, also, yes, I live and breathe this world, X, Y, Z. That's something that we're really involved with here at ESTA is helping to pair those professional business uh, learnings, that expertise, that experience with people who love games Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can lead with the loving games part and we either don't, haven't had the time or haven't had the focus on, wait a minute, there's a, an industry here that needs business skills, mm-hmm. there's hardcore business skills that paired with gaming is great, but you can't just have the gaming without the professional business experience and expect this industry to really thrive. Absolutely. And I love you know, the humility of your journey, you know, like, okay, so this is next. And, you know, um, I remember and in my journey, which had lots of paths as well. I, I always wanted to do something that, that got me to the next thing without being really attached. For example, working at the computer lab at college where I could study and do my homework and, you know, grow my skill set, you know, mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, like I say, say lifeguarding, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like lifeguarding is more relaxing. And I did that too, but, um, I did, you know, I did that earlier on as I, as I grew into my professional development, every job, you know, it does, it means something, you know, from your blockbuster days to wanting to be a cinematic, you know, cinematic, you know, designer, you know, it's neat, you know, that you, you stood on your course and doing what you love. And I think that, boy, if there's one thing the generation of hope um, can do is just 
follow their dreams. And I've I've expressed that so many times when I when I guest speak at classes. Mm -hmm. And you know, you'll be surprised that students look at you like, I can do what I love, really. And and they and and it's like, yeah. And then you'll be 10 times more successful. I mean, that's how you become an influencer. It's is, you know, you're not gonna work the nights or the long, long, long days on something that you're just not loving. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. And you know, a, a couple of additions to that. I totally agree with everything you're saying, Megan. And I think on top, it's there are so many opportunities within every job, like no matter what you're doing to find some kind of niche for your passion of it, you know, and it, there, you know, there, there were jobs that I had that uh, I just created games, you know, and, and they weren't necessarily video games, but I made games for my team to play or for my peers to play so that we just kind of enjoyed it a little bit more. And, you know, using something from your past, from your passion to make your work life better, I think is so valuable and something that they don't necessarily teach you in school, but you kind of start to pick up on it after you've had so many items of work experience. Um, so, so yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And, and I think that it's really cool as well for students to take a look at what those jobs are. And that's something that I speak to classes about too, you know, I say, go out to Hitmarker, go out to Indeed, go out to LinkedIn and just do a search for esports or do a search for games um, or search for your favorite gaming company and take a look at the job roles that are out there. And it's so beneficial in so many different ways. One, the student will then see, okay, what are the roles in gaming? What are the different, uh, you know, jobs that I could potentially pursue that maybe already align with something I'm already studying or something I'm already passionate about? Um, what are the skills that are required? What are the applications or experiences I should have to prepare for a job like that? But then also so many jobs nowadays actually will post salary ranges and they can take those back to their teachers or their parents or, you know, anybody who's potentially kind of arguing with them saying like, you can't play video games for a living. You can take those job postings back and say, okay, yeah, maybe I can't play games for a living, but I can make them or I can make music for them or write for them or help market them. Yeah. Yeah. I love how many different touch points there are in this industry that you could be doing something that has nothing to do with video games, but still work for a team or for a company mm -hmm. that's in the space, whether you know, we have plenty of members who are lawyers, um, you know, who get to work in this space, but they're, they're mm -hmm. focusing on their legal expertise and they're adding that, but they get to be around some really cool stuff that they have a strong passion about just because they work at an esports team or something like that. Um, what are some of the questions you get? I'm curious whether it's whether it's from teachers or whether it's from parents who don't quite yet understand the the benefits of gaming, the opportunities that it does actually give students. Uh, a lot of the times, there's still very much the stigma of, you know, why should we be paying tax dollars or paying tuition dollars for my child or my student to go play video games? Um, you know, they think it's just purely a recreational thing. They think it's it's blowing off all of their other homework. 
Um, and so with those folks, I, I will talk with them about the experiential learning that you spoke to earlier, John, the fact that these students are figuring out how to put together events, how to um, handle logistics and logistical challenges, like yeah. hey, we don't have enough electricity or the internet's too slow or, you know, et cetera, all of the things that can come along with an esports tournament or event. And, and they're also learning how to talk to businesses to go out and, you know, ask for donations for prizes or um, for peripherals to use or, you know, things like that. Like they are absolutely gaining real world experience that they can use in a myriad of business opportunities and a myriad of, of environments and scenarios that they may find themselves in, whether they work in the gaming industry or not, those are mm. all skill sets that are really going to help them move forward. Um, so, so I definitely, I talk with parents and teachers about that one quite a bit um, and about those educational outcomes that can come out of it. Um, we also talk a little bit about, you know, there, there's still also very much the, the stereotype of, well, they're just going to be by themselves in a dark room, you know, eating Cheetos and drinking Mountain Dew or something. Right. And when you start to, you know, honestly, one of the biggest ways to kind of mitigate that or fight against that preconceived notion is, is taking them to an event and having right. them see an in-person event um, and, and the, the excitement and the chatter and the audience members watching and the skill that's required on so many of these games. Like I, I am hot garbage at League of Legends, hot garbage. Um, I enjoy watching it. I love the Arcane series on Netflix, which great business tie-in by the way. Um, yep. But <laughs> You know, I, I know that I personally do not have the skill to play that particular game. And, mm -hmm. and I think having, having the people who don't recognize, no, this is a social activity. This is something right. that they learn from. This is something that they have to be around their peers and competing and so many similarities to traditional sports that they're getting the benefits of. So, um, you know, really having them see that in person and understand that, no, it's not an isolated thing where people are mushrooms in their basement. Right, good point. I'm curious as we look towards the conference, um, you know, a lot of people are gonna be coming, they're gonna be very interested to meet with you and our other speakers. And we love facilitating opportunities for our attendees to really engage with speakers where some other events, it's like, oh, this person flew in and flew out and, you know, don't look them in the eyes and ask their agent for their <laughs> autograph, you know, um, for people who are listening to this episode and considering coming to the conference, who are the type of groups and the type of people who you are looking to connect with or are beneficial to your goals in your business? Yeah, there are really so many people. Obviously, the other folks on the Scholastic Esports panel, um, that is, I, I'm actually thrilled, like Danielle Johnson and, sorry, Kaitlin, like I, I've worked with them and talked to them so many times before, um, yep. but I've never met them in person. So yep. I'm incredibly excited to get that opportunity to meet with them. Um, they are absolute giants in the field of scholastic esports um, and and the the work that they've done and the students that they've inspired are really honestly just inspiring to me the the amount of impact that they've been able to have so um 
definitely have a bias towards the scholastic and educational folks that are going to be there. Yeah. Um, but but I'm also really looking forward to meeting with others in the industry. Um, Steve Isaacs, I was actually just on a panel with him uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he's just so insightful and knows so much of what's going on there with Epic and um, you know what the creators are asking for. So. Yeah. I'm really excited to meet with others at the conference that are, you know, in in the software side of it or in the team promotion side of it to kind of fill in any gaps that I'm missing from being, you know, an employee of a hardware vendor. Um, just really getting that complete picture uh, of what's out there and the supports and the companies that are involved in this space. So Danielle, should we send a few people with a U-Haul so you can bring your mobile pod? <laughs> I think that would be a great opportunity. And I will definitely go back and ask my folks if there's any way we can get that mobile gaming lounge out of Texas by August. Um, I, I don't want to promise anything because chances are probably a little slim, at least for this year, but uh, I will definitely go ask. When you look at where we're um, hosting the conference, the oddest thing is it's so rare in Chicago to literally have this, you can almost land a plane next to our ballroom. It's just this great big loading dock. And I'm thinking like, where are we going to do that? Um, it would be so fun to have that and like the Red Bull trailer or a right. truck, you know, uh, Chicago style, you know, Chicago style street food and the mobile lounge. So please consider it. We would love to host you. And we thank you so much for all that you have done and that you're doing for, you know, obviously hardware and, and girls and beyond. Thank you. It's it's really fulfilling, and I feel very grateful and um, very fortunate to be able to kind of take this passion from when I was a little girl and wish I had some of these programs and totally. you know companies thinking about me when they designed products. So I I'm just so grateful for the opportunity and so grateful to Esports Trade Association for having me. Absolutely, yeah, and it's it's really cool to see so many people in the community impacted by um, what you personally and what what Della are doing in the space. Um, for people to connect with you before the conference in ways that um, would be relevant in ways that you'd like to, what are some ways that people can either follow you or Dell uh, before we meet together in person in Chicago? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, at Dell Tech is on Twitter and um, Dell Technologies on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter as Hi Ed Danielle. So it's H-I-E-D. Danielle, um, and post way too often about gaming and esports out there. So just forewarning. Uh, but then I'm also on LinkedIn and I love making connections via LinkedIn. A lot of people who I'm, I'm very happy and privileged to call friends now, especially in the esports space, um, started off as, as LinkedIn conversations. So I definitely would look forward to connecting with anyone out there. Love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for uh, speaking at our conference in August and um, really appreciate you joining us today on the eSports Next podcast. Thank you so much.